0: Welcome to the Who Needs Instructions podcast, the podcast that wants to get men talking. So, yes, welcome along then to another edition of Who Needs Instructions, the podcast that is aimed at getting men talking. And today's guest is a gentleman I think has done that and can help others do that. Uh, He is called Christopher or Chris Martin. Chris, thank you very much and welcome to the podcast.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. It's really, really nice to be invited. So thank you.
0: Uh, well, I had to tell you that I came across you on LinkedIn. Um, I think you've done some work with a couple of clients of mine, so you know I was familiar with uh, you know who you were and what you were doing. And I just I just see your story as being quite fascinating in terms of career. Uh, and the work that you're doing, not only work, but also the voluntary work that you do as well. So yeah. that's what I want to dig into a little bit if I can. Yeah, of course. Um, and I, I, again, I, you know, I've done a little bit of research and I, I was pleasantly surprised to see that you are the second person in a row who um, we have on
1: the podcast who
0: uh, has spent some time in the Navy.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yes. That was back in the dark ages. But yeah, it, just, uh, it was good, good fun. Uh, was that uh, sort of first
0: thing out of school? Or was that uh, yeah? A so I, change?
1: I, I I did, did A levels. Um, I I couldn't really find anything I particularly wanted to do at university, so I thought I'd uh, you know go go and uh, travel the world a little bit. So I I, I went down to um, to to Dartmouth at the vintage age of nineteen and 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 you know passed out of there um, and then spent a good few months bobbing around uh around the gulf which was actually was great fun but it's just unfortunately a lot, a lot of these things it, it wasn't wasn't the right time of life for me so yeah i ended up coming out of that and uh launching into a, into a career with a prison service as it was so yeah from one, one service into another it, uh, it's uh it, it was quite similar in a lot of ways but uh yeah was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: you had, um, I mean, again, just looking, I'm taking this, you know, as written down on your LinkedIn yeah, yeah. profile. Um, you are in the prison service for pretty much 16 years.
1: Yeah. So I started off um, at Felton Young Offenders in, in London, um, mm-hmm. which was a real eye-opener, I think, you know, having, I suppose, grown up in in rural Norfolk, but you know, having then been at school in London for a little while, you know, had, had a bit of a, a, a an insight into the sort of the, the the ways of the world, as it were. Um, but yeah, walking through the through the gates of Felton, um, the age of sort of twenty two was was a real eye opener, and you know, I, you know, for the ten years I was there, you know, got involved with things like you know, um, gangs and anti bullying stuff and drug uh, rehab, that sort of stuff, and it was it was a fascinating um, environment to be in um but also very rewarding i think you know sort of seeing that that low level stuff where you can you know really sort of get to grips with where where people have come from and and, and try and i suppose give them another option because i think that's you know with a lot of a lot of offenders it's it's a it's a real sort of habit and unfortunately it's the only life that they they can survive in um so it was a really good one to to i suppose cut my teeth really into that sort of coaching and mentoring element that uh, that i've i've kind kind of grown on over the years
0: yeah, I mean, I, I'm just looking uh, at your, <laughs> on your LinkedIn yeah. profile, your, your, the letters after your name are an impressive <laughs> list, Chris, they really are. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll, go, maybe we'll dive into those a little bit later, but you know, awesome. it, it I, I see, you know, throughout your career that you've obviously been someone who continues and enjoys learning and 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 you know and, and continuing training and and learning more about yourself and how you can help others. Is I, I see a sort of a a, a service in you
1: that uh, it, no, I'm, I'm guessing
0: that's something that you want to do.
1: Definitely, I think for me the, the academic side of it, I was I never really had much much interest in that, if I'm honest. And I think you know I, re- I really. I suppose bumbled my way through um, through school and A levels and and I think that's where really I was quite lucky enough just 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 to get a bit of a a chance with you know with the navy at first and then and then the prison service but you know the academic side of it I've never really enjoyed I've you know a, a, only sort of later life and especially last year with lockdown um, that I actually sort of take the time to sit down and, and, and knuckle down and do something really so actually you know that. The, 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 i suppose the, the experience of of life and and stuff that c- comes along to i suppose support that learning um didn't really realize that uh, really until until last year when when i say that that time was i suppose enforced on us should we say um mm-hmm. yeah it's it's yeah it's, it's it's quite an interesting i suppose you're looking back and a bit self-reflection of the, i suppose you know that those um, anecdotal sort of um examples you use for for you know for evidence for for, for academic work it's like all of a sudden you're trying to remember a lot of this stuff, you think, oh my God, you know, it's, it's, quite, it's quite a lot of in-depth experience there that, you know, you just unfortunately you just gloss over and forget about. It's, it's kind of a bit weird like that. Yeah,
0: I mean, um, education was something I didn't really enjoy, but uh, my thirst for history and learning now mm. has definitely increased as, uh, you know, as, yeah. I've, as I see the value in learning about
1: stuff, basically. Yeah, absolutely right. But I think, you know, looking, looking I suppose, from, I suppose, the last sort of five or six years and, and you know, where we've looked at, you know, dealing with people in in you know, mental health crisis for for one, and then, and then actually just you know sometimes in people in almost like existential crisis to people who just are completely lost. And I think one of the things I've been quite proud to be involved with. I mean, especially through the prisons, because actually the the, the prison service as a whole is is full of people who are amazing at engaging people who don't want to be engaged. Um, right. that's that's definitely rubbed off. And I think where it took a bit of a risk a few years ago because i think where where we had the kind of the, the public service cutbacks as is, is, was you know plastered all over the the news for, for so long mm. yeah one of the things that we we looked at as is, is with my team I and mean, i i ended up um yeah, from from one reason or another in, in in charge of you know suicide prevention at uh at the local prison here um and it was like, oh Christ, you know, how are we going to how are we going to make this work? And actually, tapping into some of the existing experience of of both the staff, but also the prisoners as well, of actually what what works. Um, and actually, you know, you know, your sort of ethos of, of 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 the podcast is you know getting people talking, and that was essentially what we started to try and do on a on a on a on a real term sort of level, um, mm-hmm. without the sort of the red tape attached to it, because I think there's a lot of you know people who who fear that sort of element of what's it going to end up at you know where where where's it going to go from here and actually just opening the conversation into a sort of an honest um I suppose just a a, a level where people can talk about whatever they like not necessarily on a specific topic was was a yeah you know, a real eye-opener for me really so it's yes yeah, it's, it's it's sort of gone really from from there onwards
0: and you know the thing that really kind of caught my eye and I've been aware of them for mm. for several years now was the you know the andes man club, yeah um which was you know something i've sort of seen it's it's a it's a mental health uh, awareness campaign, but actually these clubs were set up all over the u k yeah and i I see that you you know you've run one of these clubs down here in Devon.
1: yeah so i um I got involved with it essentially from we i, I set up peer support at jenningswood's uh, prison um back in I suppose April, May, 2017, um, and just saw the immediate power of it. And it was just, you know, quite apparent of, of what it can do, you know, with no resources, you just get people talking and actually you can, you can you know, quell a lot of issues and angst just by opening conversations up. I ended up going to a, a conference up in, um, Oxford, um, actually the prison service college where the Samaritans were doing a, a presentation about, you know, what they do and this and the other. And it was fascinating stuff. And then Lou Campbell, the guy who, um, was essentially he, he'd only just really set up um andy's man club did a presentation on it and it was just thinking well the, the, the penny kind of dropped and i thought well if they've got a structure the works in the community then then we can use that and i set it up in in, in the prison and, and it was it, you know it was just an instant success so decided that it'd be you know let's see what avenues we've got in the community to do that and actually luke put a lot of trust in me to um essentially go a bit rogue because normally what they would do is is organically grow the groups and they would put out um you know people who had attended them um you know to to open the next club and the next club and the next club so Mm. he took a big risk on on me to say well you know you're miles away from Halifax where it all started yeah um and you know let's just see what happens and and yeah I think it was the early September 2017 opened the first one in the southwest um as it was, you know, the 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 venue we had was a bit of a challenge 'cause it was it was a tim uh Timoth football club, which is actually quite difficult to get to when you know where it is, let alone yes. yeah. <laughs> So um yeah, we, we sort of we gave that a few months. We were having a handful of people there each week and, you know, it, it did make an impact. And you could see the kind of you know what 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 the power of it was, but I was always quite keen to try and, you know, move it into the into a town centre somewhere where people literally could just walk past it and, and right. wondering if they wanted. So we had um about a year later unfortunately we had two young lads um early 20s on the same night took their life um and i think it was it was like someone dropped a bomb on on, on the community of, of yeah. like oh my god and and it was the first actually i knew about it was that i was getting um messages from the local press um saying you know can you comment on this i was like well, comment on what this was you know early on a sunday morning i was like what? right. what's going on here it's just like this is you know very bizarre and as i sort of unpicked it it was certainly apparent that actually um there was all of it you know a, a huge sort of need really to, to to grow this very quickly um and i i used a a, a conduit called spotted newton Abbott, which is i think yeah. every town's yes. their community pages and it's it's normally you know it's quite often full of people parking badly at home bargains and all sorts of other stuff but yes actually sometimes it can be really helpful people now you know use it quite often for for finding support stuff which is which is great but I put a post out on there and within I think an hour um a a guy called Adam Fletcher who I'd sort of known loosely through a friend at work um just said well I've got a bistro in the middle of town you know we don't open Monday so crack on you you come and use it I'll just sit in the back and uh you know you, you do what you need amazing um, so yeah, it was what we did, and, and then the, the first um, that first Monday in September, um, we had twenty five guys through the door, um, and it just went up from there. And and, and then sort of you know looking sort of two or three years down the line um, prior to um, COVID hitting, we were getting you know we had four clubs in Devon and hitting nearly hundred people in in the four um, each week, which was which was a phenomenal effort, and God knows how many more on a, on the sort of the online. You know, chat things where people were just a little bit too nervous, almost of doing the face to face thing, but they yeah. they just wanted that that safety net really, and so it's it's kind of grown from there. And, and I mean, two things on that. Um, I I, I
0: threw someone else. It's uh, the, the, the one of the young guys who took his life. Um. His uh, his cousin's a very good friend of mine, so I was oh. aware of I was aware of that situation, and, yeah. um, and you know the, the way it coincided with what you're doing. Yeah. But I, I'm right in understanding this is a voluntary role,
1: isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we, we you know, none of the people who run these run the clubs, um, you know, would take any money or, or, or payment for it. It's, it's completely voluntary led, and, and actually, I think that's why it works so well because actually people are there because they want to be rather than because they have to be. Correct. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, I mean, that's now been running for nearly best part of four years, yeah. um, and, and that's just you know the, the ones, and you've set up four, three others in the area as well.
1: Yeah, so we've got um, Newton Abbott, and then we've, we we've, we then opened up um, Plymouth not long after, followed by um, Exeter and Torbay. So. Yeah, we've got a real, um, a real good coverage, and um, with with more in the in the pipeline as well, which would be really good. So, you know, I'd sort of plan to to get in sort of North Devon would be, you know, an absolute ideal because it's just a, it'd be nice to get that, yeah, you know, up, up that end of the end of the parish, really. Oh, I know it well. I work there every day. I work there yeah. five days a week. So I know, yeah. I know Vanceville and
0: Benefit very well. <laughs> um, so just again, just to look at the story. So uh, this is obviously, you know, you've been working with young offenders. You were, you know, were helping people with, uh, with, you know, suicide prevention mm. and this man club comes along, you know, and again, that is helping raise awareness of mental health issues amongst men. And then I see something that's along the same lines, but actually, you, you know, you started something called the women's wellbeing club
1: yeah um, absolutely it's, so tell me about that essentially um it was again it was spotted newton abbott's fault to be fair um so we were getting a lot of I suppose, not negative press but you know a lot of questions around well yeah this is this is great for the guys but where's the support for for, for women and we thought, well mm-hmm. didn't really sort of at, at first pay it much much notice if i'm honest and i think you know we we, we were I suppose, as a lot of people do wrongly, under the stereotype that there's there's plenty of support out for women. What the hell are we, you know, talking about? But actually, as we started to dig a little bit, um, outside of the clinical world, it was much the same. It was it was a very kind of similar um, level of support around. So we thought, well, let's let's you know, dip our toe in the water and see what happens. So we had a lot of partners of of guys that were coming to to you know, Andy's Man Club who. Mm-hmm. We're quite keen to get involved, and very, very quickly we had a credible sort of club um, club going. And and you know we, we're now I think just over two years old now, and we've we've well, we've got I think it's fifteen clubs nationwide, all the way up to Scotland. Um, and you know we're getting i mean covid apart it always it, it sort of skewed a little bit you know we've had quite a good online sort of following but mm-hmm. you know the, the the face-to-face meetings that are now taking place again you know they're, they're proving a real lifeline to to a, a huge um sort of following of, of women who, t- who turn up each week because actually it's, it's it gives them something to to go to that they don't have to book into it's it's free and essentially you can just be a part of something where you know they can make make friendships with people who get it because i think that's half the battle sometimes there's people who you know they don't want to be explaining their their life story over and over again to the clinical services and, and sometimes it's that, that frustration can come come out quite often um in yeah. these the sort of environments. so so you started
0: that but now that's now gone nationwide which i think you said there was 15 clubs so it, it, in that that to me feels like a almost like a full-time role but i mean you're you're the ceo is that you know is that a position that that takes up a great deal of your time
1: if I'm honest, no. It we we, uh, we split it all between us. So we have got four four of us are on the sort of directors. So I've got um, myself and 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 Adam Fletcher, who who we we founded it. So Adam is essentially the driving force behind behind it. I mean, he is he is an absolute legend in the, in the sense of the word because he's like a dog with a bone. If he gets an idea, he'll he'll go you know 100 miles an hour at it until he gets what we need to happen. Um, and he's basically you know with with Sally and Amanda, you know they they've really they've they've grown this sort of entity um in, in such a, a phenomenal way um and you know we we get together sort of once a month to sort, of, to sort of work out what we're going to do and you know the usual kind of stuff about spends and whatever else and the, the money we get in but mm-hmm. it's just it, it's it's fascinating to kind of listen to i guess the reasons why they do it in the first place but also that that energy and drive that they have to, to make a difference for people uh mm-hmm. and you know I, in essence you know more, more often than not I, I i'm i just sort of I, I normally try and sort of reach out to you know people who 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 might be able to sort of spread a bit of awareness for us to 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 give some um you know some publicity i mean we we, we don't really go sort of you know with a cap in hand asking for things because actually you know we 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 get uh, enough donations to kind of to function um sure. we don't have any paid staff so essentially we, we've got zero overhead so every 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 you know, all we make goes into basically opening up new clubs. So we don't actually have a huge, <laughs> a huge overhead anyway.
0: That's incredible. I mean, I, I, and, you know, and then l- let's kind of bring this full circle to what it is that you actually do for a living and, and how you can put a, you know, the, the roof over your head and some
1: food on your table. Yeah. So um, my, my the, the day job, as it were. So I, uh, you know, I work for CSEC plus as on the JETS contract, which is it's a job entry targeted support, which is essentially, um, Built on to help people who could be affected by COVID, who got made redundant or you know uh, out of work for for whatever reason. Um, and my team, you know, they they are absolutely phenomenal. So that they will do sort of you know grassroots almost coaching and mentoring to to give people a bit of confidence, a bit of hope to to get them into work because I think once people have been you know, put on the scrap heap essentially from, you know, for whatever reason, but I mean COVID is a is a huge one. Mm. Um they they can just basically put those put them back together again and, and and give them a bit of direction and, and support because actually, you know, there's there's so many avenues you can go job searching. I mean LinkedIn, as we've already mentioned, is is, is one, but there's so many avenues and actually a lot of people feel very lost in the whole kind of well, what on earth do I look at? Yeah. So, you know, my 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 team they they they're just you know just so um personable in 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 making sure that people get the support that they want not so that what we think they should do and that that's it makes all the difference because actually you know we we the feedback we get from from our participants that that come on with us is that actually you know they 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 have a bit of a different sort of um insight into what they they might want to look at and and the just the support that we're able to offer that is it's it's what makes it worthwhile, and I think that the, on the on the, the huge majority of, of of my team, I mean, you know, they 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 turn up Monday morning, you know, bright eyed, bushy tail, because they absolutely love what they do, and I think that's that really does come across because where where people have that kind of investment in 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 people and and want to make that difference, you mm. can see it, you know, hand over fist. It's it's just a, a phenomenal thing to watch i mean i i can hear it in your
0: voice as well the enthusiasm about everything you're doing is uh, there's a smile on your face as you're talking to me i know there is um it's very obvious to me um i mean it, 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 there's an incredible amount of work you're doing there um tell me a little bit about chris behind the
1: scenes if you have any spare time what, what are you doing with it um i i, I i'm a bit of a, a, a adrenaline junkie at, at heart and so you know I, i'll I either get off on a, 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 a motorbike, you know, hooning it over Dartmoor off on the green lanes, and or and that, or you know, like last night, for instance, I'll, I'll go out running if it's a you know, nice, nice sort of sunny evening. Um, you know, I'll just go, on, go on and run up to Haytor and back, just just for you know. I think you get you get a day in front of the screen, and actually, you almost crave a bit of you know, get get your heart rate above fifty for for yes. a few yeah. hours is always a winner. So um, yeah, I just go and uh, go and beast myself up onto onto the moor. Um, and it's just it's just those little things i think sometimes just getting getting away from I suppose, the digital world and, and just going to sort of see some some, some 3D nature is always a winner. <laughs> and is that something that you're an advocate of if you were
0: talking to the guys at Andy's main Club? You know, are you are you saying to them, look, you know, if, if your job is sat in front of a computer or, you know, in, in a factory or even a shop, are you a, a, a huge advocate? Is that something you speak to them about, about getting outside?
1: Yeah, very much so. I think especially with COVID as it came around last year, I mean, there was that fear, I think, where people were terrified almost to go outside. And, and mm actually you know to, to to spend even an hour out you know out of the four walls regardless of what the weather is 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 hugely changing and i think where a lot of people were were really struggling with that kind of cabin fever-esque kind of uh, you know feeling um just to just to engage in a, just a little walk around the block if if nothing else it gets you out and and, and switches you off from i suppose the the, the pit of You know the the news. I mean, I think you know back in early lockdown last year, we we used to have the daily, you know, the morbidity count, which was just like, what are you doing? You know, it's just it's, it's really easy to fixate on that kind of, well, you know, how bad's today been, rather than looking at you know the other way of like, well actually what's been good about the day. And it's, unfortunately, I'm, I'm glad they stopped doing it because it was becoming a bit of a mood hoover for, for everyone. Of, oh. Of, oh, God, you know, what's what's next? <laughs> I, I mean, I still hear it sometimes on the news and
0: they're still reporting the amount of COVID deaths in the last 28 days, you yeah. know, uh, after a positive test. Yeah. And, and they were changing the language around that as they were going through as well, weren't they? Yeah. So, yeah. so, yeah, that you know, the, the idea that there's I mean, some positive news mm. um, is is always, you know... A, a, something that i seek out definitely but yeah. that, that, that whole idea of getting outdoors is and and you know we as in we who live here in devon are very lucky because we are surrounded by some fantastic countryside
1: absolutely yeah
0: in, in the past where you you know let's go back to when you were you know working with the young offenders and, and they're they're coming from very sort of you know um urban areas mm. what sort of what sort of recommendations can you give for people in those situations
1: i think bizarrely enough it's much the same i think one thing we used to find I, the wing i used to run um predominantly was you know long termers but also you know gang affiliated you know her- horrifically violent lifestyles that people were living mm. um but actually one of the things that used to used to bond um bond people more than anything else we myself and a, and a, and a guy called channy we used to take them out onto the sports field and, and run them around for a couple of hours um because it's not something that they'd had the opportunity to do either since they were in early school before potentially some, you know, some of them dropped out, but it it used to be deemed as a bit of a, almost a weak thing to do is, is to sort of engage in any kind of team sport. It was all about looking after number one and, and, you know, screw everyone else. It was a real culture shift to try and do that. But actually once you broke that kind of mold, it, 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 made a huge, huge impact
0: fascinating it's fascinating i mean I, you know i i come from sort of uh the southeast myself so i'm sort of reasonably familiar with the area that you're talking about mm-hmm. but um I, we spoke a little bit before we started the podcast and you've you've relocated down to devon in the last sort of four or five years is that is that right is that
1: about oh, 10 years ago so oh, sorry, yeah. 10 years. yeah so um as, as it was my wife she's she's a midwife at torbay um and she she used to work with me at the prison service doing a, a sort of a, a a sort of clerical role in, in you know management um and it just it kind of got to that point where you know she she wanted to to retrain and actually the timing was perfect so i i, I saw a, a an advert on the on the on the um notices for you know a a, a level transfer down to P exeter so you know as, as the timing was perfect so i put in for that got that one and then and then before we know it we're we're back down in sunny devon which was uh, which was a, a, a real nice shift to be honest <laughs>
0: i bet i bet
1: yeah. and and you literally haven't stopped
0: since you've been down here i i'm again looking through your linkedin profile <laughs> you're also a school governor
1: yes yeah, so i i've i worked um back in what 2019 that was um for st james up in exeter um mm-hmm. and actually what a fantastic place i think it, i learned probably more about kids f- in that place than I probably ever did um, working with young offenders. It's about really? you
0: know,
1: the real world challenges that people are enduring and that sort kind of, you know, that sort of expectation to, to, to live up to, you know, um, other, other kids standards to, to teacher standards, but also, you know, to try and pick the pieces up when it all went wrong. Cause I, I, I was working in, in, I suppose, what's called the behavior room but I suppose is traditionally the, you know, the isolation room. Okay. Um, and actually, you know, much like, you do with the community stuff sometimes actually some of the behavior that comes out is is just basically an opportunity to try and talk to someone um without being talked at um and actually it was, it was a, a real insight so I, I was um i saw an advert after i left the school and, and worked for for, for sure trust I, I i i thought well if i can put put any sort of you know any help or or, or influence in 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 making it better for for the teachers but also the the the, the you know the kids there then love to be involved with it so you know i I try and do as much as i can but i see sometimes time just just runs out but it's it's they they are a phenomenal team up there and it's just you know it it credits them that you know even through covid they're they're still absolutely you know supporting a huge diverse range of kids um in in a in a school that's you know that that was traditionally always going to be a a real challenge
0: yeah absolutely Mm. absolutely Chris, if people were, you know, and I say people, I mean, if if there are guys out there who are maybe a little shy to approach andy's man club about mm. how they can support them i mean because that i imagine is is the most difficult thing is is for them to make that first step and go look i think i need some help i know that when they get in touch with you they will get fabulous support but what what what, what inspiration can you give a man or a, you know a young man a guy to actually reach out to andy's man club in the first place
1: i think the, the biggest hurdle is 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 that that initial kind of almost you know thinking actually is is this going to help because once you've actually made that decision to to to, to reach out to someone actually you've, you've you've kind of you're on that journey but admitting almost that there's a there's an issue is is a bloody hard thing to do um mm-hmm. and actually to, you know it, it might be that as other people have pointed it out and in you know you put barriers up to to you know saying well actually I'm, I'm fine just leave me alone i'll just i'll just get on with it but what i've i've noticed over the last few years of doing this is that actually the stereotype that you know where you know men don't talk is utter rubbish. You know it's it's people and anyone will talk just given the right environment where you know they don't have any any sort of risk of stigma or, or burden or embarrassment. If you remove those sort of elements, then actually you know you, you can open up a, a very fair um, and, and level playing field for people to say, well, actually, I'm not all right, but I want to do something about it. Um, but to, to sort of go back to your initial question on that. To actually reach out in in the first instance, it, it it's it's simpler than it might originally seem. I think COVID with with you know we've obviously the old track and trace thing. Yeah. But I think um, traditionally what we've what we've always said is you know we, this this is we you know we have a fixed time every week in the fixed in a fixed location. You want to turn up, not a problem at all. You know we we've had people basically um doing a couple of dummy runs shall we say um walking past um yeah. just to try and sort of pluck the courage up um now we've got a, a fantastic guy called paul who is a bit of a ninja at spotting them if i'm honest um and he always <laughs> make a of a outside and, and he'll just open up a conversation he's like oh, are you right you know how are you, how are you doing and very yeah. very often actually that's what people will want is just that bit of recognition of us like yeah come on in you know it's, it's it's not a you know you're not walking into a room full of people who've been there week in week out all the time because that's quite a daunting prospect i think um, yes it's, it's sometimes that's that's the biggest sort of worry that people have is that they, they're going to break into a social club that's been there for ages and it's going to be like the, you know, the musical stop as soon as they walk in kind of thing. yeah <laughs> that,
0: that would be my worst nightmare i must admit, yeah. you know yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, but 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 obviously that the environment in there is is nothing like
1: that no not at all so you know, we, we always we, you know our facilitators we get there probably way way earlier than than we ever need to but what we found with that is that you know that those that the people who are doing that dummy run will will generally make a, a an early kind of pass um yeah and actually they, they, we can then get talking to them before everyone else arrives and actually just mm. it, it, it's a game changer for for, for many people so it's it, what i would say to anyone thinking about it is just just come down it's it's literally as simple as that you know you don't even have to sit there and talk if you don't want to you can just sit there and listen and, and and i suppose see what the lie the land is because sometimes it just gives you a bit of context because as i've said to you know to many many people and i've I've been quoted on this which still makes me laugh to this day because you know when someone quotes something you've said back is like really okay um but i remember one of the first sessions we had up at, at in, in, the, in the one at, in the unabit a guy was you know there, there was a horrendous sort of you know trauma stories coming through and this this guy called chris who actually is now running the extra club said well actually my problem isn't as serious as is that guy's there so i feel a bit of a fraud and i said to him you actually well actually it's 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 all relative you know if it if it's important to you then actually it's it's as important as anybody else's story in this room and i think that it's kind of stuck that that that's the, i suppose that the ethos of where you've got to go is that actually, regardless of how ridiculous it may seem in 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 the grand scheme of things if it's bugging you then let's 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 get rid of it let's let's try and do something about it because that's yeah. unfortunately that's that's the the drip feed of stuff that builds up into a bigger issue later on
0: yeah i mean you, you might you know, i don't like it when people say look you know i'm doing okay because i'm better than that person over there yes that doesn't mean you're fixed you know so it's (laughs) not no no it's all in your own it's it's in your own context fascinating so listen you know I I encourage man I would be the guy that arrives early and does a flyby absolutely (laughs) that would have been me definitely yeah yeah. so uh, it's great that you're already kind of you know Mm -hmm. aware of that and and hopefully catching those guys who uh, are maybe a little bit nervous to make that step for the first time Mm -hmm. right I'm going to ask you these four questions that Mm -hmm. I like to ask our guests at the end of every podcast kicking off with
1: uh, what do you think it's it takes to be a man in the 21st century um i think there's so much evolved and especially even the last sort of 12 months um with how expectations are with what you know what it takes but i suppose to be to answer the question really i think you know if, if you're going to survive not just th- you know if you're going to thrive not just survive should we say i think you've you got to i suppose embrace and, and, and recognize your own vulnerabilities because actually there's so much expectation now to succeed, um, and I think sometimes if if you're, you know, 100 miles an hour, everything, it's, it is quite easy to burn out. So I think if you can recognise those those sort of elements where you know you could need a bit of help, then actually to, to 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 seek that out is is a hugely powerful thing because I think where where society has essentially steered us into this sort of, you know, you must just you know, stiff up a little and get on with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those times are changing. I think there's there's an awful lot of emphasis now on, you know, acceptance of vulnerabilities. But, but sometimes actually recognising them in yourself is, is quite traumatic. Um, so, you know, using someone like a, a coach or mentor to, to to help you deal with that um, I think is is really what's needed, and it doesn't have to be a formal thing. You know, it could be just you know going down down to, to on the on the pub on on, a, on an evening, but actually having an honest and truthful conversation with someone about actually how you are is 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 massively um, empowering. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, I, I'm I'm on the lookout for uh, for a mentor as we speak, actually. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's I, I I've had a coach before, mm. and uh, yeah, it, it's it's great to have that person that you could just turn mm. to, and just be completely yourself with definitely yeah who or what has inspired or has been the most influential person or people
1: in your life um i suppose there's a couple so i think on, on at face value there's there's a couple locally i already mentioned adam um fletcher who, who's who's my oppo essentially with with women's club but i think from going from a very hard-nosed you know bloke who thought mental health was a load of old bs um to now essentially being one of the one of the, the the most sort of influential and positive role models i could ever imagine um i think is 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 hugely insp- inspiring and i think you know from what where, you know someone's gone and changed their ethos for, about, about mental health especially is is incredible um i think another one i think i'd just obviously like to mention people who i, I just in complete awe of that's that can battle against the odds on it there's a a good friend of mine called called jim um who he he lost a he was in the, the marines lost a leg in a mountaineering accident but you know he was one of the first people to re-qualify um with a missing leg at Limpston. um and <laughs> to have, have that kind of mindset to be able to 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 overcome those sort of um i suppose technical issues as we say you know, having, having a leg missing um i always find that you know hugely inspiring because you, you think well people find that tough enough when they you know when they've got all all, all four appendages but <laughs> when, you, when yeah. you've got one missing to, to be able to achieve that i think is is phenomenal so it's something i always always think about is it well actually it is you know when you get a, a big challenge you think well what would someone who who doesn't have all the all the sort the, of the capabilities and experience that I have? How would they how would they manage that? And I suppose it's, it's, he's he's one of those people I always sort of think about yeah. when a big challenge comes in because it's just it just kind of grounds you a little bit. <laughs> think about Jim. Yeah, exactly. I like that. Yeah. Be more Jim. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Chris, what sort of legacy would you like to leave? Um, I think with with the you know the, the work we've put in um, to to where we are. Um, in one sense, it, some some of that legacy is already realised because you know I, I've I've had it firsthand from I know, quite a few guys and and ladies actually attending the clubs that they just simply wouldn't be here if if it hadn't been set up and I think that's that for me is, is, is quite a a legacy to 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 go with now I think mm. sort of long term um you know it, it's it's quite an interesting sort of. I suppose prospect and maybe realise that a few years down the line. I mean, it, it, it brings back there's there was a funny enough, there was a, a, a guy, um, when I was working at Exeter prison, um just funny just 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 sprung to mind that I bumped into about about eighteen months ago in Exeter town centre. I didn't recognise him, um, and he was there with his little lad and it was it was a bit of a okay, this you know, it looks vaguely familiar, but I couldn't think why. And he he stopped me in in, in the street and said, You don't remember me, do you? I was like no <laughs> <Is that okay? laughs> um and essentially this this chap um whilst i was working at uh, exeter well, I, was, I was on a night shift uh, tried to hang himself in his cell and myself and and, and a couple of staff we you know we we you know got him got him off off the you know off the end of the bed as, as it were um quite a, quite a horrible night um and I spent, I think, five or six hours talking to this guy about, you know, what had gone on and, and trying to sort of diffuse some of this, the issues it had. And it, it just turned out basically basically just felt like he wasn't good enough because he'd been sent to prison. That was the end of it. Um, and I suppose from the legacy point of view, the, the reason I suppose this is relevant is that he was there with his with his young lad, um, yes. who he actually named Chris. And he <sighs> said, you know, i would name it after you because actually, you know, th- that, that moment was a, was a tipping point. And it's something I'll never forget. And you think,
0: bloody hell. Chris? Yes,
1: I have got the biggest goosebumps going. <laughs> it was a real eye-opening thing. Oh my God! And it's—I think when when you're in a, a role like that, when you're doing these things almost routinely, it's quite hard to realize actually what's you know what it is actually that the impact that you have on people because it's so routine. And I think you know it's it's a, it's it's something that's when something sort of jumps up and hits you in the face like that. You think bloody hell! It's it's a, a real eye-opener. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. What yeah. a story!
0: Thank you for sharing that. My I have got, I've still got goosebumps. My hair is standing on end. Wow, wow, wow! That's a fa- that's fantastic. So let me change the mood
1: completely <laughs> and ask you my final question. Which, Chris, tell me your best dad joke. <laughs> um, well, there's always one that I think. Funny enough, that we used to uh used to sort of say about um you know when 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 situation was going a little bit a bit funny. So dad jokes would always come out as, as I think you know. And I think one of the one of the quickest and most stupid ones that I can always remember is, you know, there's two fish in a tank and one says to the other, how do you drive this thing? <laughs> <laughs> it's a ridiculous one, but it's it's one that sticks sticks in your mind, I think. It does, yeah. No, yeah. I like that one. And that
0: definitely qualifies in the dad joke category. <laughs> Absolutely, as <well>. yeah.
1: Definitely. <laughs>
0: uh, Chris, just finally, before we go, um, and I mean this in the nicest possible way, is, is anybody looking out for
1: you? Yeah, I've, I think we, we've created a, a, a very powerful network now. I think, you know, we've got... A team of facilitators now, and 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 you know, like I think last year, you you, you end up getting fed up with things as, as everyone does, and it's quite nice to know that there's an honesty where someone goes, you know, uh, you know, you're all right, and it's like yeah, I'm fine. And it's like well, actually, you're talking rubbish. you know, what 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 is it? And sometimes it mm. takes someone like that to to kind of point it out because you know you don't always you don't always get it right, and you, you know sometimes you need that sort of that safety net behind you. But I think that's why this this whole sort of system works is because there's always people that are willing to put the time in and, and, and offer you a you know five to ten minutes just to just to offload stuff so yeah there's there's always people looking out for for, for each other which is you know which is what we are suppose what the whole point of it is fantastic
0: yeah. chris I, I i as i say we've never actually physically spoken before i've seen your work online um i now have a much better understanding of it and i and i you know again i hope the audience do as well um, I'm I'm going to blow some smoke up your ass. I, I just think you're 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 an amazing human being, to just keep doing what you're doing because, well, the world is your oyster.
1: And I think you know, avenues like this, this this is for me. You know, where where you know people sort of take an hour out and listen to someone harping on like 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 I do. Um, you know, it's it's this is the avenue actually where 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 people can change their mind about things because i mean it only, only takes one idiot to change change the world doesn't it and i think actually it's if if, if, if it inspires someone to, to to reach out for a bit of help then you know i think that's that's fantastic and i know you're listening to some of the other podcasts you've done you know there's so many inspiring characters that you've had on which is going to make a huge impact so actually i think you know from what you're doing in the point of view it's you know i take my hat off to you as well you flip that
0: around on me haven't you <laughs> chris just very finally if if someone wants to reach out to you personally or if they want to reach out to uh the the women's well-being club or the you know andy's man club h- how's the best way to get in touch with you or, or those organizations
1: so for me i think linkedin's probably the easiest way because it's i think yeah, you know there's it's, it's the easiest way to, to drop a message in there um so you know just just look me up on you know, uh, I think it's Christopher Martin on there. I think, which is
0: uh, with about yeah. fifty-eight different letters after your name. <laughs> yeah,
1: they're, 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 I'll, I'll go on to that in a second. There, there is, there is a reason for those. But, uh, um, but for the for women's club, if you drop us an email at info at women's wellbeing club club dot co dot uk, um, and for Andy's Man Club, it's info at um, andy's man club dot co dot uk. And basically, you know, all you need to do is if you want to attend just drop it just uh just your name and where you are uh, and and you know, e- either one of those or just get back to you where you're either your nearest club is or, or the online thing but uh yeah she's 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 cracking
0: fantastic yeah. and the letters after your name
1: yeah so that that's my log uh, lockdown legacy to be fair so um <clears throat> as as the beginning of last year i, I was essentially left with uh, basically admin to do um because we weren't allowed to use our, our secure system at home, which was a bit of a bit of a bugger. Um, so I, I took to um, I, I, I did a, a, a level seven in coaching and mentoring uh, with the CMI. Um, I managed to box it off in about sort of four months, I think, just, just basically for something to do and using all the anecdotal stuff. Um, and as it goes, a lot of these things, you know, you end up getting invited to join professional. Um, Sort of uh institutions, and yes. it's 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 been a real pleasure, and and it's been hugely beneficial to to open those conversations up to, especially the well being world. Um, so you know, I, I I advertise those on my LinkedIn just because actually I'm really proud to be a part of those, and 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 the insight they've given me and the audience they've given me into to opening up that sort of those conversations within the corporate world, I think has been amazing. So yeah, very very proud to be a part of those. Rightly,
0: rightly so so yep. if you want to look up chris on linkedin christopher martin uh, with cmgr F C M I F I E P you're unmistakable on there they can find you uh, so <laughs> that's you. no problems at all Fantastic. chris once again thank you so much for your time um you, you've you've blown me away and, and hopefully the audience have enjoyed uh, hearing your story
1: as well, well so thanks, thanks for your time much much appreciated
0: thanks for listening to the who needs instructions podcast We release a new episode every week, so make sure to subscribe and we'll speak to you again soon.